Get autographed copies of New York Times bestselling author Cynthia Bryan's books at www.starstyleradio.com. Get inspired and motivated to be your best self with Be The Star You Are, 99 Gifts, and Be The Star You Are for Teens. Buy cases at a deep discount to give away as gifts and premiums. Visit www.starstyleradio.com or call 925-377-STAR. 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 a plan for your life. You've set goals. You know where you want to go. Congratulations on finding Star Style. Be the star you are. Our vibrant hosts, passion, purpose, and possibility producer Cynthia Bryan and her energetic daughter, healthy living specialist Heather Brittany, share the best roads, fastest detours, and successful strategies for a life worth living. Reach your potential with their personal achievement coaching, miracle moments, inspiring guests, titillating interviews, and business bites. Be introduced to new books and innovative ideas that encourage you to live a positive, sustainable lifestyle while achieving your dreams. Ignite your power, make a difference in the world, and shoot for the stars. It's the power hour of living, loving, laughing, and learning. On Star Style, be the star you are. Lend us your ears. The party starts now. Never say never. Live your dream. Well, hello, Power Partners. Welcome to Star Style, be the star you are, where we do live our dreams every week here. Coming to you live on the Voice America Network. We are your hosts. I am Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Vinny. And we are known as the mother-daughter dynamic duo, where we uh, strive to seed, stimulate, and support space for positive, meaningful conversations. And we want to catapult you from wishing upon a star to actually living on one. We want you to have the best shortcut of all, and that is knowing that you've already arrived to live your dreams. So the miracle uh, moment for today is a Swedish proverb and I don't know it it uh, it sounds kind of fun it's fear less hope more eat less chew more wine less breathe more talk less say more hate less love more and all good things are yours so good (laughs) and uh, and we could say wine less with an h and wine more (laughs) with a w-i-n-e yeah exactly right well, in today's show, we're going to talk about uh, your children being school ready. You know, school is back for many, and for many it's starting uh, next week. So is your child ready for school? What are some things you can do to help your kid be more successful as well as some healthy tips on what to eat? We're going to say what we can do in our September garden in our third segment when we go into the garden with um, lots of information about the drought and just, you know, how you can have a great bounty for your harvest. But coming right up, and it fits right in with the school ready, is math anxiety. Could parents be the root cause of the anxiety that children feel when it comes to math and homework? I think in the health matters, Heather Brittany has found some research that indicates that children of highly math-anxious parents actually learn less. 
So, Heather, I found that to be very fascinating because I know... I know parents who are really lackadaisical and they don't really care one way or the other. And then I know parents who are just on their kids all the time and they can do nothing right. And no matter how well they do in math, it's never, or other subjects, it's not good enough. So tell us about this math anxiety and why it could be uh, an impairment that has some lifelong consequences. Yeah, well, I was definitely someone who was math anxious. And still today, I will say up to basic algebra, I am awesome. And um, beyond that, it is just my brain just sort of stops with that. It's that suddenly, which has happened with people, when things suddenly become confusing or there isn't that attachment with it that you don't have that interest, um, your brain sort of says, you know, I'm not, I don't need this information. Why am I going to do it? And that's why it starts kind of becoming difficult. And some people, certain things just really click with them, and math is really easy. An interesting thing, though, is I don't actually remember you being uh, particularly math anxious. And what being math anxious, what that means is that it's something when you have you know, negative feelings, um, frustration, fears towards math. And what happens with this whole concept about you know, children having, for a lot of times, math is a very uh, difficult subject for many people. Um, there's just, you know, constantly all these different theorems and, um, you know, a different equation, different these styles and, and all these kinds of different things. It become very confusing. You learn one thing and other things change and different apply. And I know if I was to have children, I know I would be a math-anxious parent, someone that if my children ask me for help looking at it, I'm going to feel that overwhelmed. I don't understand it. I look at sometimes I try to help friends, kids with theirs, and I, I feel like, gosh, I haven't done this stuff in 20 years. You know, you look at these, these things that at one point in your life you did know, but you don't know now, and it seems very confusing. So what happens as an odd, you know, un, uh, you know, not set out thing is that many parents, you know, their kids will come to them, uh, you know, asking for help with their homework, which I think is an excellent thing, I think, for parents, you know, to offer that, of, to help and guidance and, and kind of have that someone that, that kids can truly feel most comfortable with um, asking for help. Um, sometimes when parents, when they themselves can't do it then, and it's not them saying, you know, let's get you a tutor, that they try to help, but they themselves are becoming overwhelmed, feeling frustrated. Seeing um, when parent when kids see that in their parents, um, like with many things, they sponge that that they start to get this anxious and feelings. And so there was actually this big study that was done um, this past year, and, and uh, what they had done was that they had these children take a math test at the beginning of the year and at the end of the year. And um, at, during the year, they sent out a uh, a math a a questionnaire thing for parents in relation to math and asking you know for parents what was uh, you know how did they feel towards math you know what was their math anxiety and interestingly enough it found out that the kids um, and that kids actually performed better or the kids that did worse at the end of the year were the kids that had parents that relate that had said that they had math anxiety and so what they discovered what the correlation they're saying is that these are the kids that um, many times that kids started out at one thing that they actually dropped down and I mean these were really dropping low was that they were seeking their parents for help for guidance but their parents had that same sense um, of anxiety towards well them. I want to ask you when you say the anxiety are you talking about parents who like are really math geniuses and so they want their kids to perform you know, at genius level too? Or are you no, talking no, about parents who just don't no, like math no, and they're scared of it? No, this is saying, you know, when someone says, oh gosh, you know, when I'm around uh, clowns, like I get anxiety or something, I just, I don't feel comfortable. I don't. So this is saying that parents, oh, I know yeah. I would be someone who says, you know, if, 
if my, if uh, if someone was to come, you know, when your students are coming now with with um, homework from high school that you know some calculus or something, and is asking for help, I would stare but have no idea what was going on then and trying to help feeling you know gosh I want to help this scattering your brain and, and what they've actually discovered what this happens is that your brain is devoting so much time into this anxiety this trying to figure out how to cope with oh my gosh I don't that it's not breaking down the math model. it's not taking time it's not absorbing it for what it is it's seeing it instead of seeing it as a mathematical problem it's just seeing it as a problem as something as oh my gosh I don't know how to solve this it's been so long or God, you know, God, things have changed since I've done this before, and so it's saying that people whose parents, whose parents may be genius, maybe have very successful jobs and do maybe math-oriented things, but for particular things, how high school math and things are formulated, um, for a lot of people, this it's. You know, they haven't done it in so long, and it becomes... Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to be helping kids with math right now. I mean, you know, it's so different. Everything is different. Exactly, and seeing just and those and interesting that they found that things like that that when parents though they're not trying to be negative or say when they say you know gosh you know is your teacher crazy or or you know things have changed that without um, that they might be sabotaging children their way because children are hearing this oh this kind of I've given up or oh you know, things are this it's harder this is something that you know it's not going to change that I'm going to one day feel these fears and so it comes to you know well how do we change this dialogue just as you know, it's a lot of the things we'd figure out is what's the dialogue that we're saying with our children that are making that's rubbing off them. So, first, kind of understanding the main thing of what math anxiety is, and it's basically it's that there's a slower. And this is what usually what a children with if a child comes to you saying that they have math anxiety, which I know I am definitely, or I definitely was someone through high school and college. I really had to work at at math things, and it's you know a math. It could be disability wise. It could be um, in just you know, implosion, they don't have uh, uh, significant materials or maybe, you know, the teacher, they're just not making that connection with the teacher. Things that it isn't, um, it doesn't mean a lot of times that they are bad at math or that they lack basic math skills or that they have a weakness doing calculations or that you even have weakness doing calculations. It's just that you might need more time with it or your brain is just processing it differently because with all, many things um, before, you know, when an issue, when something happens a lot of times, that whole fight or flight thing, when something's presented with us, a lot of times that's when the whole fight or fight sets in. That either do we take that time to, okay, I'm going to sit here, figure out what the issue is, solve the problem, or do we instantly think, oh my gosh, there's an issue, I, I, ha, that we panic, or do it's all about our sense of our reasoning. So understanding, you know, what is it on that level. Also saying math and uh, helping prevent it is that whole dialogue thing. Talking with your children um, and having more positive outlook with it. Talking to if you were a tutor or someone or, or prevent, maybe that's the first step of talking with your uh, child's uh, teacher or in re- the recommendations about getting a tutor and someone who's going to nurture it that really knows um, what they're doing because for more, uh, I would say for better, for better chance you would think that the tutor or the teacher is going to have a very low level of math anxiety because this is what they do. This is what they're saying. Right. This is why they are the experts. So those are always good people to reach out to in the beginning just to kind of get those technical skills and also, again, displaying a positive affection towards math. Even if you know, you're someone who's not doing it, even if you have that math anxiety, 
Um, you know, if, if a child comes to you and saying something like, oh, you know, I, I can't help you with this, I don't understand, saying, hey, let's look this up together, or you, your teacher would probably be the best thing, or let's look into a tutor, offering that and trying to, you know, really uh, put the cards up if there is anything that seems technically, offering a solution that may even not be the actual math correction of saying, you know, this, uh, this seems like something that I'm not quite 100%, but let's get a tutor, or let's, let's seek out, let's contact your, tu- your teacher, or you know, let's look this up. Sometimes in the back of the book, there's these answers or websites. Kind of what about week. peer tutoring? You know, like sometimes like kids, because I just remember like, you know, a lot of kids like uh, getting help from friends that are really good at something. Is of that course. a good thing? A tutor is a tutor. Isn't that true? I mean, if, if someone... Right, uh, that's true. Do tutor, and that's, you know, and that's, if that's someone's on someone's comfort level, sometimes people feel... Um, maybe intimidated because oftentimes it's at school and this might be someone they know and they don't want to feel, oh gosh, I don't want them to think, you know, that I'm not as good at this. But also sometimes it's a great thing. Sometimes it's another great way of making friends, social connections, and people that they speak truly are friends, are just our peers. They speak our language more than, you know, working with someone maybe older than you or a sibling or a parent. They really connect you on, on, especially on those dialogue levels, on those social levels, that they understand exactly what the things that you're going through. So I think peer counseling and peer uh, tutoring is fantastic things. And I think always, you know, if, if you yourself, or just if you're a child, if you spot sort of an issue at the beginning of the year, as you know, it's the start of the year. This is a fresh new start. Every year, always, we get that kind of whole new beginning, new school year. If they start seeing early signs of this, this is the time to nip things in the butt. Start seeking out a tutor now. Speak with your children. You know, talk with the tutor, uh, t- your teacher. Usually with uh, many schools, within the first month or so, they have a night of back-to-school night. That's a great opportunity to talk with your uh, teacher, talk with your students' teacher about what's going on, especially during math things, if you're such a noticing thing, or if they have noticing, what uh, solutions they can offer with this. Well, because, you know, I think the back-to-school night, that is a really great idea because you might actually um, be able to find people who would be able to help, you know, at an early stage because I think the one thing, especially with math and science things, you do not want to get behind. I mean, once you get behind, you're really sunk, you know, you're really, really sunk. And sometimes yeah, and, yeah, no, and the thing is that, you know, though I am such a more fan of the arts and the creative things, math and science and all really are two things that are always relevant and always will be part of your everyday life. And even just on the basic levels, you'll find the things. And it's just like that, just making those connections now, finding ways that your brain connects to it. For me, I find instead of, you know, using just regular math things, for me it's in the kitchen, not thinking that um, when I'm you know, trying to make recipes, I do need to be precise about that. I'm using mathematics, but I'm not even thinking about it in that way. So for me, I'm able to connect it. Math makes more sense to me when I connect it to real-world things. Oh, I need, you know, six shirts, four pants. I need to make class for this amount of long, and I need to have this amount of music. Connecting it into real-world things works for me versus saying calculations on a paper. That seems very confusing. So finding ways that makes your own personal connection or that your student or that your child makes a connection is going to have the biggest effect on them on how they are going to be able to maneuver through these math courses. And you know what? You're absolutely right about making the connection with real life situations. I think that a lot of people, unless you're just absolutely 
um, naturally inclined for mass or, or any topic. I think that you have to make the real world connections. So, you know, if you, uh, if you like, you know, the outdoors or something, you may want to uh, hook it up to um, how, how many hoses you need to water your garden or whatever. Exactly. You know, no, seriously. And I know that a lot of people, it's the same thing with reading. I was talking to somebody recently who said that they absolutely hated reading except for in topics that they like. And then they really enjoy it. Well, I think that's a natural, a natural um, way. 100%. So, yes. So I think that, you know, it, it's often said, I mean, we really need to strive, and this is what we often say here on the show, to really be successful in life, we need to go towards our strengths, not towards our weaknesses. But when our kids are going to school, obviously, we want to give them a well-rounded education, and we want them to be exposed to all the different disciplines. But at the same time, the smart way to go about it is to make sure that they are getting real-world experiences with things that they totally are going to understand. So I like that idea of when you're no, cooking. Completely. Teachers can teach. I mean, as a class, of course, you couldn't individualize it, but a great way is that everyone can be learning the exact same material, the exact same course. It's just finding the way that makes that connection with them. Just as you said, with books, for me personally, kind of fantasy things don't really do it for me. I The only kind of books that I can just tear through is reading great big autobiographies from rock stars things that with me I just love uh, listening to their voice in my head kind of thing as I'm reading these pages but I'm totally not into the whole uh, visually wise the whole Harry Potter thing I just didn't hop on board but for other people and especially children that just ignited reading so finding things that connect you finding those little world ways those little connections just turn it that can change everything in courses Right. That's a, that is that's that is really so true. You know, and here at Be the Star You Are, for example, we have a teen book review uh, team, and anybody uh, across the world can be part of this team if they're interested and they get to read the books they want. And what it's really done is it's increased literacy because that's the key: is they're getting to read the books that they want, and they get to comment. Doesn't even have to be positive, even if they don't like the book. But, you know, I think so often when we're forced to, to read, to write, to do a project, whatever it is, that we're not interested in, we don't give it our all. So it kind of falls by the wayside, you know. So that's, of course, of yeah. course. So that's yeah, definitely passion, not a good passion idea. Passion breeds productivity. So if you don't have that, a lot of times, you know, you're just sort of, that's why some people are just sort of going through the motions instead of really, really absorbing it and expressing what it is. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that you brought this topic up because when I first, when you first uh, suggested it, I was thinking that the math anxiety was more uh, related to people whose parents were really good at something and then were giving them such high expectations, which, you know, uh, many parents do, is they have high expectations and then the kids give up because they don't feel like they can ever reach them. But this is a really interesting take uh, on what the anxiety really is about because maybe as parents we don't even know that we're, we are expressing that. So we have to really watch our words and our actions and learn to rephrase what, how we're discussing things in front of our children so that we don't you know, freak them out and we give them the best opportunity you know, to do well. In it. I do remember something you know, growing up in my own childhood how my mom always talked about what a great speller she was. And she really was, you know, and she really didn't have much of an education 
but she really knew how to spell, and I inherited that uh I did not inherit that. I know you didn't. Yeah, no, I know (laughs) you didn't. (laughs) But you have so many other wonderful qualities. Uh, Yeah, other fun things. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, but that that is funny that you say that. Yes. Okay. (laughs) Well, anyway, um, so it's so interesting though because so I guess I really wanted to because she always talked about it. Whereas my dad was really good at math because he equated it to farming. And yeah, Jamie, go ahead. For, for you, you have such creativity things that I think uh, the things that I've heard you speak so highly of, I think that have rubbed off on me. And also, just your very joie de vie, your joy of life, that's something very much so I think that certain sort of uh, a, a good quality to put in is that ability of seeing if there's negative things, of kind of finding the positive in it, you know, of, of seeing the flip side of it, seeing the glass half full versus half empty. I think that was something of just overall for me, just various problem solving throughout many different courses. But seeing of taking that of taking that first moment of that sort of that that fight or flight thing of instead of instantly reacting, taking that quick moment to kind of take it all in before choosing reaction was an overall quality I think I've inherited from you, and that's been a survival thing for me. But that's very much those are those things of those positive or those negative views that people express on various things. Um, it's exposed to your children and to students think, without people being aware of it. And it, it happens, you know, it's all, all throughout our lives with friends and other people. Those things rub off. We all leave our, our emotional fingerprints on people. That's exactly right. That's so well put. I was going to say something really similar is that we just, we really don't really know how people are interpreting what mm. we are saying or what our body language is saying. So it's really important that we learn to edit ourselves and to watch ourselves because our children are like sponges. And so the good and the bad that we do uh, can cause, in, you know, can cause anxiety. So uh, it really does pay to, um, to be cautious, I guess is the right word, and to just watch what we say and do and know that our actions actually will speak louder than our words. So excellent segment, Heather. I really, really enjoyed this. Um, I, <laughs> I, had, I really didn't, I had really never thought about it. So this is something, you brought something new in Health Matters. Love it, love it. Uh, do you want to wrap it up or just give out the website? Yes, I think we give out the website. So uh, for more information, since the school year is starting up and everything going on with the charity and books, etc., check out the websites, com as well as org. And when we come back from break, we're going to find out if your child is ready for school and talk about some ways you can measure your child's school readiness and what you can do to help them have the skills they need for their various classes and stay healthy with some nutritious eating. My name is Cynthia Bryan. And I'm Heather Brittany. And you're listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, coming to you live on the Voice American Network. We'll be right back. Do not go away. Star you are, the star you Follow us on Twitter for more great ideas at Voice America Empowerment. Are you seeking a dynamo speaker for your meeting, conference, or organization? Internationally recognized keynote speaker and New York Times bestselling author and lifestyle coach, Cynthia Bryan, will bring her energetic expertise, passionate professionalism, and ebullient personality to your event. Hailed as an expert in lifestyle, women's issues, self-help, personal balance, 
leadership, media, gardening, and interior design topics, Cynthia Bryan is a popular empowerment keynote speaker around the world, lecturing to audiences of 100 to 5,000. For rates and bookings, call 925-377-STAR, 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 and visit www.cynthiabryan.com. When you want the best, book Cynthia Bryan, www.cynthiabryan.com. This business of show business is calling out to me. Get started acting or modeling with a consultation from media coach extraordinaire Cynthia Bryan, who has guided entertainment careers for over two decades. Call 925-377-STAR or visit www.cynthiabryan.com. Pick up a copy of her award-winning book, The Business of Show Business, and start living your dreams today. Call 925-377-STAR. 925-377-STAR. Be the star you are. You are the star. Plug in your headphones and tune in to enlightening interviews with acclaimed authors and success experts as our Oprah of the Airwaves, Cynthia Bryan, gabs with the gurus. Lend us your ears for the Power Hour on Star Style. Be the star you are. Now, here's Cynthia Bryan. Find all you need in a light that shines. Well, woohoo! Thank you for staying with me here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are, where we try to bring you exciting information, things you may not know or you might have forgotten, and we are going to reimagine it for you. You are listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are, live on the Voice America Network. We're here every week with you from uh, 4 to 5 p.m. Pacific, and we hope that you will constantly join us. And if you want to go to the archives, you can find us at starstyleradio.net. I wanted to give a shout-out to uh, two fantastic guys who've been working with me for the last few weeks and actually for some months here uh, that are from Surf Pro, trying to help me get my house back together since I had a flood way back in February. So I just want to give a shout out and a thank you to Donnie and to Sterling who have been just terrific and to the rest of the Serve Pro team. They have all been great. I know Richie's been here a lot too and, and John and anyway, everybody is great. So hello you guys and thank you so much for being my, um, my guides on the side. I could not be doing it without you. Well, our topic for our second segment here is really more of a mental health topic because it's fall and parents are getting their kids back to school. And the first thing I want to talk about is how do you know if your child is actually ready for kindergarten? How do we kick off the school year? Because there are some ways to measure your child's school readiness. It has a unique set of criteria for each child, but there are a few universal milestones that all children need to reach in order to succeed in school. Now, parents can help their kids develop skills and behaviors before the start of school. And the first one is using the birth month, and you've probably heard this many times before, to determine the readiness. And the suggestion here is that success at an early age is based on a birth month. And Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book uh, called The Outliers, and he argues that children born in the early months of the year are a few months older than their peers when they start kindergarten or they play competitive sports, or they start first grade, whatever it is. I never went to kindergarten because 
there wasn't a kindergarten on the near the farm where I grew up. But those few months make an incredible difference in physical, social, intellectual, and emotional development. The slightly older children born in the early months of the year will excel at academics and sports. They usually get recognized as the children with potential by teachers and coaches and are mentored and praised more than other children. So gaining recognition and special attention encourages these slightly older kids to feel better about themselves and work harder in order to garner more praise and positive self-esteem. And we know that praise and positive self-esteem are really critical for success. However, it doesn't mean that you need to hold your child back until he would be one of the older kids. You can work with your child at home to develop the skills that he or she needs before the start of school. But they also need uh, some other important skills in order to begin school, uh, especially kindergarten or first grade. Kids need to know how to cooperate. That means they need to know how to make friends. They need to learn how to participate, to share, to get along with other kids. And these are really crucial skills uh, for any success in school. Now, preschool is a great place to start this. This is usually where it does start. But in the summer, it's an opportunity to practice the skills because the children can practice with other same-age kids. And if possible, the children that they'll join together in the classroom come fall. So if you can do any play dates with kids you know are going to be in the same classroom, that will really help the kids get on a bit better. And if you have any aggressive children, practicing cooperative play with kids that they will be in class with is going to be comforting and will offer them some self-confidence in a school setting. Now, language is another important skill for kids to master before starting school. By kindergarten, kids are speaking fluently, and they're able to carry on intelligent conversations with adults. But most importantly, with other children, if a child's primary language is not fully understandable to family members, new friends are probably going to have a problem with them as well. And then this can lead to tremendous frustration for the child to try to communicate their wants and their needs. It can cause the child to be ostracized also by other children. And we know that, you know, humans can be mean at times. So, and then what happens is there becomes some acting out and possibly even aggressive behavior that is going to garner negative attention from teachers. So if your child has a communication issue, you should ask your pediatrician about obtaining a full hearing and speech skill evaluation before the start of school. Take care of the problem before school starts, and that's going to help your child be more confident and capable and have a better school year. And once the issue is addressed medically, then it'll be easier for any of the school teachers or aides to help with any special services that may be required. Now, self-care. This is a really important clue to a child's school readiness is the ability for him or her to care for himself or herself. And that means the daily activities of life that you've been working hard to teach, like toilet training, dressing, feeding, cleaning up after himself or herself, these are key to children's being ready to master other areas of learning. So practice these skills at home before school starts. And then you make school an extension of home is going to make the self-care much easier. And finally, a really important thing is organization and attentiveness. 
Now, organization and attentiveness in the classroom are important to ensuring your child has a happy school experience. You have to prepare for school with your child. And if you get your child excited about school, you tell them how great it's going to be, how much they're going to learn. You know, that whole routine of the school day is going to be fabulous as they make that transition from being at home or at preschool to the next level in school. So what can you do as a parent, you know, before your child starts preschool or before your child starts kindergarten or first grade? First of all, you can play school. You can set up a school in your living room or a quiet area, sit down at a table with your child and work on a quote-unquote school project for like 15 minutes. You know, the project can just be drawing or cutting out shapes or writing their name with capital and lower lace case letters on a piece of paper or reading to your child and maybe having them like read back to you or tell you about the pictures. You want to start establishing a routine. Go over the next morning's plan verbally with your child. Like, when we wake up in the morning, you know, this is what we're going to do. We're going to have a hug. Then we're going to brush our teeth. We're going to wash our face. We're going to have breakfast. We're going to get dressed. And then we're going to pack our lunch, and we're going to go to school, and we're going to have such a great day. So help your child choose what they want to wear. Lay out the clothes the night before school. Make sure they have a backpack with everything they need in it, their pencils, their paper, you know, their notebook, whatever it is, their coloring crayons. And then explore the outside because not all learning takes place in the classroom. So, you know, being the gardener that I am, I say go on a nature walk in your neighborhood. Collect some leaves, some sticks, you know, acorns, feathers, rocks, uh, you know, any flowers that have fallen on the ground. And let your children explore them. Let them make a collage. Do any of these kind of things. And that's going to really help your kid get ready for school. Now, going a little step further with the school lunch and snack program, every parent wants their kids to have nutritious food. Because if they have good nutrition, they're going to do better in school. They're going, their brains are going to expand faster and you want to make sure that what you do is, is right for your child. So how do you know? Well, let's start from the point of view of babies. Like uh, Sterling's, Sterling's um, significant other just has a one-month-old baby. I was telling you about Sterling. And uh, Donnie's uh, wife has a year and a half old. Well, some important ways you can ensure that your child eats healthfully and doesn't fall victim to the obesity epidemic are breastfeed your baby if at all possible. That's important. And you respond to their infant or toddler's cues, you know, when they're full. And you don't want to introduce juice uh, when they're too young. And then you want to learn what an appropriate portion size as your child gets older. So for the school age and your older child. And you want to totally avoid the habit of fast foods and really actively limit junk food. That's important. You know, stay away from the fast food restaurants. Make homemade food. Cook together. And a critical thing that has lost its uh, allure in today's fast-paced world is the family meal. And it's something where we grow as a family, we bond as a family, you put away all your cell phones and all your electronic gadgets, and you sit down and you talk and you discuss your day. And of obviously being a role model for your child by making healthy choices for yourself. So when we get um, back to what are, what is the best things for your child. Now, 
Infancy is easy from a pediatrician's perspective when they talk about feeding them with breast milk. It is the most nutritious food for your baby, and it provides adequate nutrition without any solid food for six months of life. Now, the one exception is vitamin D, but vitamin D is primarily acquired by absorption of sunlight by the skin. So as we shelter our children from excess sun exposure, we don't want them to risk the UV radiation, and some kids are not getting enough vitamin D to keep their growing bones healthy. So the current expert consensus is that all babies need to receive an additional 400 uh, IUs of vitamin D each day. Now, as a child's muscle strength develops and a child begins to sit unassisted, usually that's at about six months, it's appropriate to start some pureed solid foods. Now, what I did with my kids is I gave them whatever I was eating. So if I cooked carrots for me, I would just grind up or puree up some carrots. Didn't add any sweeteners or anything. The same thing with beans or potatoes or whatever. Now, you want to start your infants with a rice cereal because it's well-tolerated food and it's fortified with iron. I still love to eat <laughs> Gerber's baby rice cereal. I think it's great. And after a week or two, an infant, if they're enjoying their cereal, and um, then that you can introduce something else. You know, you may add a pureed green vegetable or some applesauce, uh, sweet potatoes, and that's also a good time to introduce maybe a sippy cup um, or a regular cup to your baby. And as they become more familiar with cups, the child will gradually decrease the intake of formula or breast milk as the main source of nutrition by the age of one. Now, after age of one, your child should be getting uh, the majority of calories from food instead of milk, and that's like 12 to 24 ounces of milk each day is sufficient, but milk doesn't contain as much nutritional um, needs, you know, with the available iron, and you don't want any excessive milk drinking, which occurs more often when a child uses a bottle, and it's a common cause of iron deficiency anemia. So you might want to substitute juice for milk at that stage. And in fact, juice has a large amount of sugar and not as much nutritional value unless you juice it yourself. Now, how do you know if your child is eating enough? Pediatricians monitor a child's growth at every visit. So if there's a problem, then you can figure it out and offer suggestions. And it's important to know that a healthy child's appetite will wax and wane. So healthy kids will have periods when they eat robustly. They'll alternate with periods of time when they appear to eat nothing. And as you introduce solid foods to your child, pay attention to how receptive your child is to eating throughout the meal. Now, we were talking about math anxiety in segment one. Just remember, our kids pick up our habits as well. So if you're not eating broccoli or you're, you know, wrinkling your nose at spinach, your kid is going to get that same kind of anxiety. So be very careful of how you eat. And it, it would be really important to let your children know how you love all the really good nutritious foods and you don't want sugary things and you don't want salty things and you don't want prepackaged amounts. All of those are really important. Now, as your child is getting older, the rule of thumb is that a child's stomach is about the size of his fist. And that is the right amount of portion for grains and protein. That means when you're planning a family meal, half the plate should be filled with green vegetables, a quarter should have a grain, like pasta, bread, rice, and the other quarter should have protein. And one way to control portion size is to put the food on the plate before bringing it to the table. And that helps everyone limit themselves to just one serving. Now we were talking about school age kids and this is where I want to tell you a little bit more about uh, school. How, as a child enters school, 
they are going to be exposed to a large variety of food choices. I mean, even kids trade sandwiches and they trade lunches and they trade potato chips and all of that. So even if your child has learned to self-regulate, it's hard to control portion sizes in our society where bigger seems to be better and everything is supersized. So as a parent, again, you want to limit the junk food in your own house. Avoid a soda pop and a canned drinks, sugary drinks completely. Don't even have them around. Don't introduce them to your kids. And Limit juice intake. Make sure that it would be 100% pure juice or get a juicer and make your own juice because our lives are busy and one of the easiest traps to fall into is eating too much fast food. Now, fast food typically contains more fat than is recommended and the family meal, although often difficult to organize, has the advantage of giving you control over the content of the meal as well as providing time to wind down at the end of the day. And it's so important to spend that time together. And you get to check in with your kids. In addition to helping ensure healthy eating, family meals have been shown to have a protective effect in preventing high-risk childhood and adolescent behaviors. And if that's not reason to uh, have a family meal, I don't know what else is because I think all parents are concerned as uh, their children are growing what's going to happen in their preteen and teen years. But if you start them off right and you give them good morals and you give them your love and your confidence in them and you teach them responsibility and you teach them that it's a family unit and everybody participates, you're going to end up with good kids. Now, as far as snacks, you know, think about the vegetables. You send a, um, a plastic ware or a baggie filled with cut chopped up carrots, chopped up celery, uh, snap peas, you know, pieces of apple with maybe a little lemon juice drizzled on it so they don't turn brown. You know, you can could even send a half an avocado, the same thing. Uh, peanut butter and jelly sandwiches are good, but put them on wheat bread. Don't buy, don't buy the, the white bread. Uh, of course, you know, any kind of protein, uh, tuna fish is always healthy. It can be a little stinky, but you know, make sure that the lunches can stay cold because now they have so many great things out there in order to pack things. But ask your kids what snacks they like. Don't just go for the bars. Don't just go for the chips. And definitely you don't want to put candy in your child's lunch. So keep your kids healthy and happy. And if they're buying their lunch at school, perhaps uh, go to the school cafeteria or talk to the school personnel to find out what is readily available for your kids? And then make sure that that's what they get. And when it comes to trading food, let your kids know that it's not okay to uh, share drinks and because we just never know what kind of infections or what kind of sickness that somebody else could have. So start that policy early in life and it will probably remain. You know, no, no two people sipping from the same straw. Well, when we come back from break, we're going to go into the garden. We're going to find out what to do in our September garden. So don't go away. We hope that this segment has helped you. And I also want to make sure to let you know about the Pear and Wine Festival coming up on September 26th. Be the Star You Are has the booth. We want to thank our sponsors, Brooke Olbrey's Children's Success Unlimited, Michael Verbrugge Construction, and La Mirinda Weekly for sponsoring the booth 
And we at Be The Star You Are are going to be giving away a variety of different books, including The Adventures of Blue Ocean Bob. So it's going to be a really exciting time. Go to our website at starstyleradio.net. Click on events and make sure to mark your calendar so that you can be there. And if you would like to make a donation to Be The Star You Are so that we can continue our good work of empowering people, please go to btsya.org and um, bt uh, and be the star you are.org and you can make a donation there i will be back in a bit don't go away you're listening to cynthia bryan this is star style be the star you are and we are coming to you live you are listening to the voice america network this is the empowerment channel be right back be the star you are the star you Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Business Bites. Here's Cynthia Bryan. Have you ever wondered how so many successful sports stars achieved their status? Many attest to the power of visualization. Mental imagery uses the unconscious mind to help you succeed in your endeavors. Here's how to tap into your own visualization method. Sit in a place where you can relax and be quiet and contemplative. Breathe deeply using diaphragmatic breathing. That's like breaths in through your nose, exhale through your mouth. Imagine your upcoming situation and see yourself being calm, confident, and energized. Walk yourself through the meeting, the game, the negotiation, or whatever the challenge is. Rehearse a winning performance and visualize yourself succeeding in every way. Notice everyone around you, including the sounds, the sights, the smells, and the environment. Now practice this visualization repeatedly until you feel you have accomplished your goal. Now you are ready for the real event. Enjoy the proceedings and remember that you are the star of your own performance. Turn your passions into profits. I'm Cynthia Bryan with another Business Bite from Star Style. For more information about coaching or consultations, call 925-377-STAR or visit star-style.com. Be the star you are. Light up the flame that burns. Make a world of difference in a world of differences when you support Be the Star You Are 501c3. A literacy and positive media charity dedicated to empowering women, families, and youth. Visit BeTheStarYouAre.org to make a tax-deductible donation today. Everyone counts. Donate today. BeTheStarYouAre.org Be the lucky star you and jumpstart your dreams with positive, life-changing interviews and star-studded conversations on our award-winning program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are, hosted by the passion, purpose, and possibility producer, Cynthia Bryan. Now, back to the power party. Find all you need in a life that shines. 
It's always party time here at Star Style Be the Star You Are. I mean, we have choices in life, don't we? We can choose to be happy, we can choose to be sad. So we choose to be happy. And I just want to remind everyone that when you're having a bad day, it's okay because we all have them, and that's just part of life. Sometimes we just need to take a nap, take a deep breath, or, you know, just take a break. So give yourself that opportunity. Well, it is coming up to fall. We only have a couple more weeks of uh, summer left, so we need to enjoy it to the fullest. But this is the gardening guide for September. Now, Henry Ward Beecher said, The sun does not shine for a few trees and flowers, but for the wide world's joy. And I think about that as summer is winding down. We have definitely experienced ample sunshine this season here in Northern California. And as summer simmers into its final month, we still have ample time to enjoy the warmth and tranquility of outdoor entertaining. September is often the hottest month of the year. So make sure that you're paying attention to the water needs of your plants, but especially your trees. Now here in California, because of the drought, you may lose some plants, but mature trees will be irreplaceable in your lifetime. So you want to obey any of your water district rules, but remember to water deeply like twice a week and your landscape will survive until the winter rains can arrive. Now, El Nino is predicted for 2016. Keep this in mind. If your ground is severely dry and cracked and and compacted right now, You may suffer flooding as the water will not be able to penetrate the soil. So what I suggest is to start mulching now. And you can mulch with with, uh, tree clippings, you know, I mean leaves and uh, wood chips. Uh, You can mulch with uh, gravel. You can mulch with your compost. But you really need to start uh, getting the soil ready. Otherwise, you might have a flood. Now, nothing says California better than joining friends for a barbecue or roasting s'mores around a fire pit. Again, in California or any of the areas that are dry, like Texas and Arizona and New Mexico, remember to be fire-wise, that we are on high fire alert this year. I know the East Coast is probably saying, fire alert, we're having hurricanes right now. And they're having downpours and other areas are having floods. But for this segment, we are talking specifically about California. Now, vegetable gardens are at their peak. So there's fresh corn and squash and peppers and melons. And what is really great to do if you like to barbecue or get out on the grill is, you know, slice them up, brush them with a little olive oil, sprinkle with some herbs. They are so delicious cooked over the grill. I just, I love putting, you know, basil or oregano or cilantro or, or uh, thyme on anything. I like throwing a little bit of rosemary on the coals. It does make it smell, uh, smoke a bit, but the smell is, oh, it's so good. Your neighbors will be envying you or they may be knocking on your door. Now, many of our annuals and perennials are going to start to wither now. It's a great idea to gather bouquets to dry for the winter. Many plants dry naturally and others will need to be hung. So before drying in bunches, remove the foliage and then hang your stems in a dry, cool place away from bright light. 
garage beams make a great drying rack, and that's usually what I do. I just tie rubber bands around the stems. I put little hooks in a beam in the garage if you have a garage. I, I know some people, I've seen them do it in their kitchen, or they'll hang them from like pot racks, uh, pot racks. Just remember that herbs uh, and flowers will crumble and you will have some debris falling on your ground. So uh, if you don't want to be cleaning it up all the time, you might want to choose a different place. Now, be alert for the pear, apple, and grape harvests that are happening around your area now. You can become a farmer for a day. You can volunteer for picking, pressing, and stopping. And if you haven't done it before, you'll find out that it's a lot of work, but you feel great at the end of the day. So... Here are some ideas of what to do in September because it is harvest time. You can press apples and make delicious fresh apple juice. You can also bob for apples. If you pick the apples, you put the, and it's a great uh, thing maybe to do at a, at a party. Um, you put apples in water and two people bob and, you know, and then there's a prize for whoever gets the apple. There is the um, National Heirloom um, Exposition that is coming up at the Sonoma County Fairgrounds, and I think this would be a great thing at September 8th through 10th, and it's education about heirloom growing, sustainability, market farming, and their risks of genetically modified foods are going to be the focus. So you can also enjoy the Heritage Poultry and Livestock Shows, Giant Pumpkins, vegetable contest, foot stomping music, and a tractor race. You can go to that. It's theheirloomexpo.com. Heirloom is spelled H-E-I-R-L-O-O-M. Buy a deep soaker hose to give your thirsty trees a good drink. And if you see tree roots rising to the surface and leaves wilting or falling, you definitely want to get some water to your trees fast. Deadhead your roses in control powdery mildew with a spray consisting of two tablespoons cooking oil, two tablespoons of baking soda mixed in a gallon of water. Um, for some fantastic ratchet pruning shears, visit katesgarden.com and you can go to forward slash VIP. Kate's Garden, they offer these premium bypass pruning shears and easy action ratchet pruning shears. And they're made from high carbon uh, steel blades. They are so great. I, and they have a lifetime warranty. I love mine. You can lower your yard maintenance with ground covers such as sedum, succulents, creeping thyme, baby tears, and vinca major or minor. Protect your tender plants, roses, and citrus from the hungry deer. They're especially destructive now because their food source is dwindling. So there are a few deer-proof plants, although, you know, most deer will eat anything. Uh, they don't seem to touch the oleander, the digitalis, the bearded iris, the naked ladies, the rosemary, Russian sage, or the chera. Destroy any star thistle plants that you see coming up in your landscape. These very prickly weeds are difficult to get rid of once established. Divide iris, lilies, and naked ladies, and you, we can replant them in any barren 80 uh, areas. Um, stare up at the clouds at the sunset for a multi-hued moving performance, and do it with your kids or with your grandkids. And don't forget to improve your soil with compost and mulch. Compacted clay will experience severe runoff. And select the perfect September bouquet at your local farmer's market as your garden displays wane. Sit by your waterfall and enjoy the trickling falls and the sound of silence. And then make sure to sow seeds of kale, 
peas, kohlrabi, turnips, and cabbage in preparation for a winter harvest. I'm going to be speaking at the National Garden Symposium coming up in a couple of weeks, and I can't wait to share all that fun with you. So thank you all for being great listeners. That's our show for today. Heather and I love being your personal growth success coaches. For more information about Star Style Productions, visit star-style.com. You can buy my books, and I've written six of them, at starstyleradio.net. Go to the Star Style store. All money benefits the charity. Be the star you are. For more information about the charity or to make a donation, go to be the star you are. .org or btsya.org. My aim is always to encourage, inspire, inform, amuse, and motivate. And I really would like you to read a book this week. It is like a garden in your pocket. And until next week when we celebrate once again, remember that love always wins, kindness always prevails, and smiles will keep you happy. My name is Cynthia Bryan. You've been listening to Star Style, Be the Star You Are. I thank you and I encourage you to go out into the world and be the star you are. Have a wonderful week. Dream, create, inspire, and make a difference. Thanks for joining me and let's play at this power party next week, 4 to 5, right here on Star Style, Be the Star You Are on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until then, be safe. Be the star you are, the star you It's been a pleasure bringing you our life-changing program, Star Style, Be the Star You Are. We have you on our radar as it's our goal to inspire, inform, entertain, and motivate you to be the star you were born to be. For more information, visit www.starstyleradio.com. And to make a donation to the charity, go to www.bethestarur.org. Ignite the flame that burns brightly within. Take charge of your life and coach yourself to success with our dynamic hosts, Cynthia Bryan and Heather Brittany, every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, 7 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on the Voice America Empowerment Channel for another serving of champagne for the spirit and a power boost to live with star style. Until we celebrate together next week, be the star you are. You are.